Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. And today we're talking about how to reinvent yourself at any age with my good friend, Mr. Mike Koenigs. I was in San Diego a couple of days ago for my sister-in-law's 40th birthday party. And I was scheduled to give a virtual keynote on Saturday morning. And I didn't trust the Wi-Fi at my Airbnb. I needed a studio with you know high-quality equipment. And so uh, I thought, who do I know in San Diego that would have a studio? And I know that Mike Koenigs has a studio in his house. And so I called Mike. He said, absolutely, come on down. So I was sitting there talking to Mike after the keynote, and he was talking about how he had five years ago gone through the darkest point in his life. From the outside looking in, he was highly successful. In fact, if you don't know Mike's story or background, he's the author of 13 number one best-selling books, and he's an expert in teaching people how to reinvent themselves. He's earned over $50 million doing exactly that. So perfect guy to talk about this topic today. But he's coached high performers like Tony Robbins, Paula Abdul, Richard Dreyfus, Joe Polish, many others. He has a vision, a goal of helping 1 million people become millionaire entrepreneurs. And he's also a philanthropist who has raised over $2.4 million for the Just Like My Child Foundation. So again, from the outside looking in, Mike's as successful as they come. Well, five years ago, everything changed and he woke up one day and he wanted to die. And then he wanted to die again the next day. And this just, this continued where he was at a really bad place in his life. And as he started telling me how he turned things around, I was inspired. And I said, Mike, I'd love to capture this conversation. Can we pause this? And I'd love to hit record and turn this into a podcast episode if you're up for it. And he said, absolutely, let's do it. So that's how this conversation came to be. And I'm really excited that I took that conversation and pushed pause and then hit record so that you could hear this because I think this is going to be really helpful for, it was helpful for me. I think it'll help for all of us because we all go through periods of life where we need to reinvent ourselves either personally or professionally. Right, You wake up and you realize that, man, I'm not fulfilled. Something's missing. Might be in your work, might be in your personal life, might be overlap of the two, but Mike really breaks down how he was able to identify what the problem was and how he was able to turn it around. And I do have to just say, Mike's made a huge impact on my personal life. He is a cancer survivor. And when he had cancer, our mutual friend Joe Polish reconnected us or when I had cancer, and Joe reconnected us and said, you should talk to Mike. And Mike was there coaching me through the entire cancer journey around my mindset, around what to talk to my doctors about. He was just there for me and with never asked for anything in return. And then he introduced me to my agent, Celeste, who she's been responsible for the Miracle Morning being translated into 37 languages, reaching millions of people in over 100 countries. And I owe that introduction all to Mike. So Mike's a great friend. He's a brilliant entrepreneur and just a brilliant thought leader. And uh, I think you're going to be really fired up, really helped by his message today on how to reinvent yourself. All right, before we dive in, I want to take just a couple of minutes to thank our two sponsors, Organifi 
and Cured Nutrition. They are my one-two punch to optimize my mental and physical health. Organifi makes the highest quality whole food organic supplements, powders that you put into a smoothie, a glass of water, cup of juice or oat milk, whatever floats your boat. And I use their vanilla protein powder in the morning. In fact, today I mix vanilla and chocolate just to mix it up a little bit. I wanted a different taste. So that was fantastic. It's a plant-based, vegan, organic protein powder. My son is sick right now. He didn't go to school today. So I gave him immunity, which is a powder that goes into a glass of water. And it's got all sorts of vitamins and things to boost your immune system. And again, they're organic. They're not synthetic like most vitamins that you buy on Amazon or at the store. If you want to boost your health, head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That is spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And then be sure to use the code H-A-L, Hal, at checkout and you'll get an additional 20% off your entire order as a listener of the podcast. And then last but not least, our newest sponsor, Cured Nutrition. I take three of their products every day. They make more than three products, but the three that I love are Rise. It's a nootropic to help my focus first thing in the morning. And then after my smoothie, I take their Aura, which is for immunity and gut health. And then at night before bed, I take their night caps, which is a blend of CBD oil and CBN oil. And I've been sleeping better than I have in as long as I can remember. So if any of those benefits or just, again, health in general is on your priority list, head over to curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. That is C-U-R-E-D, curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. And use that same discount code Hal, H-A-L at checkout, and you will get 20% off your entire order, Organifi and Cure Nutrition, my one-two punch to optimize my health. All right, without further ado, let's talk about it. How to reinvent yourself at any age with my good friend, Mr. Mike Koenix. How you doing, my friend? Mike, it's so good to be in studio with you, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm glad I know you are you had a show to do and you happen to be in town for your, uh, it's your sister-in-law's birthday? Yeah, 40th That's right. birthday. That's right. Well, congratulations. Sounds like you're going to have some fun. But yeah, it's great to have you. I miss you. We don't spend enough time together, but this is a great way to, to connect again. Yeah, I know it worked out. I had a virtual keynote to give and I thought my internet at the Airbnb probably isn't reliable. So I thought, who do I know in San Diego that has a studio that I could use? And man, your your studio's dialed in. In fact, I, I have studio envy as I'm here going, man, Mike has got everything dialed in. Well, the one thing I, I will tell you is if you can work in an environment that when you have a creative idea and you can just produce really good looking content and get it out there, I find it very inspiring. I always love walking in here. And you heard me when I came in today and I said, studio on to my Alexa device <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, and boop, boop, all the lights turn on, but it's a, it's a fun little tech place. Yeah. You're on the cutting edge of technology always. Yeah. Let's dive in. You know, you and I, before we started recording, we were talking about five years ago and really you at a, a real low point. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've experienced similar low points where I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue living, which is about as, as low as it gets. And so talk about that time in your life and, and how you reinvented yourself. And by the way, what age were you at that point since I didn't know? So I'm 56 now, so I'll call it like 51, 52. Okay. Yep. And so here's what had happened is I had been from a backgrounder. I grew up in a small town in Eagle Lake, Minnesota. I taught myself to code when I was very young. So I learned how to program. 
And I really wanted to run away from home and go work for Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak when I was 14 years old. I used to have a backpack packed. Okay. And I wrote code. I ended up writing video games for a little while and started an agency. I sold that and then started two software companies. And they were growing, eventually sold those, and then started another business. And one day I woke up and I just felt trapped. I couldn't articulate this at the time, but... The best way to describe it is later on, I realized I felt like I'd outgrown who I was, what I did, why I did it, who I did it for, and I just didn't have a compelling future. I just wasn't getting up feeling excited. And I learned later on that my hormones were off also. You know, you Hmm. start losing your testosterone in your 50s. It's kind of like the frog in, in a pot of water where, you know, I wasn't sleeping well. I was not sleeping at all in many cases. I started having anxiety attacks and... I also, a lot of my business was falling apart. Hmm. And here I am, I'm supposed to be this guru guy, and I'm losing about 150000 bucks a month. My marketing systems were failing and broken. And I had also contractually, I was on the hook for six hotel contracts, each of which were probably $250,000 each. And, and this ever, is for live events that you had committed to put on. Yep. And so I think all that's kind of necessary because I felt a lot of pressure Mm. and suddenly I just hated my business. And despite the fact that I had had all the success, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And to unravel my business commitments would have cost $2 million. Hmm. So I'm like, that's a big dent. (laughs) That's a big check for anyone to write out. And I've, Didn't have anyone I felt comfortable talking to or turning to because my ego was so big that getting out of my way and asking for help and saying, I am lost, I'm scared, I'm afraid Mm. was more than I could bear. Yeah. And now you're supposed to have all the answers, right? You're coaching everybody else on how to overcome the stuff you're you're now struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And so I just sat and uh, suffered for a couple months and eventually... I did get some coaches to work with me, um, like some energy coaches and health coaches. I got some hormone treatments, Hmm. which made a difference. But I really had to do some deep work and unravel what was a lot of trauma that goes back to my childhood, for sure, Hmm. that I'd never really done the work on. And I thought, you know, at the time after dealing with cancer, a lot of stuff got fixed, I think. You know, I felt a lot better, but I clearly hadn't done the deep work. Yeah. So... I got a coach who put me in some very difficult situations, just rewiring my brain. And then I also sat down one day with Dan Sullivan and I said, Dan, I, I feel really lost and I'm not sure what I should do. And he gave me some advice and I took the advice. I did exactly what he said. And suddenly the answers started to appear. And then over the next couple of years, I started fixing what was, what was broken. So I got to know what was Dan's advice. Okay. So Dan has a system. He's got a couple of things. By the way, Dan Sullivan, if anyone doesn't know, if if anybody gives good advice, (laughs) tested advice, Mm -hmm. it's Dan Sullivan. So you asked the right guy. So he's been one of my coaches for over a decade. He's also a good friend and I do a podcast with him. So I have this opportunity to be with a guy who's 78 years old. He's the most productive human being I've ever known. He writes at least five books a year. <laughs> so he does four quarterly books and then he does an annual book as well um, that become like bestsellers. He does 10 podcasts and then he leads strategic coach and he teaches and educates at least hundreds of founders and business owners. They have over 3000 clients. Hmm. 
So they're, they're known as the 800-pound gorilla in the coaching world. But here's what his advice was. So first of all, there's something called the Dan Sullivan question. And the question goes like this. If you and I were to meet three years from today, what needs to happen personally and professionally for you to feel happy with your progress? Hmm. And that's a deep, deep question. And it's intended to do a whole bunch of things. But one of them is to imagine a compelling moving future. So that's the core. And then there's uh, something he calls DOS, which is D for dangers, O for opportunities, S for strengths. So what dangers are you facing in your life right now? What are you Mm. afraid of? What keeps you up at night? Mm. The opportunities are what are the opportunities that stand in front of you that you'd like to take advantage of? And sometimes maybe you can't because whatever, there's something in the way. And then strengths are what are your strengths? What are your capabilities and in Dan's languages, he calls it your unique ability. Okay. I call it your superpower. Gay Hendricks, for example, calls it your zone of genius. Okay. But I like to say, if you could spend 99% of your time in your superpower, what would that be? And that usually is what you're known for, what you're great at, what you love to do. What people around you say, you're, mm-hmm. you're the best at this. And uh, when, what's your superpower? What did you define? So my superpower is seeing someone's future potential. Hmm. I can see their blue ocean. I can see their greatest version of themselves and not only articulate it to them in a way that inspires them to want to create it and live in it, but also to share their message, to share their story, know how, what words to say, what stories to tell and give that to them so they can communicate it to the world. So I take and give people a voice and help share their voice. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I know, you know, Justin Donald called me a couple of years ago and he said, hey, I'm thinking about working with Mike Koenigs to help me figure out what my brand's going to be and, and my book and all of that. What do you think? And I said, I, I, you know, Mike's been a good friend for years, highly recommended. He's as good as anybody to help you do that. And uh, of course, Justin now, number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, creator, author of The Lifestyle Investor, creator of The Lifestyle uh, Investor brand, The yeah. Mastermind. I mean, he's just, he, he, he is on a rocket ship. Oh my God. He yeah. credits a lot of that to you. I'm just attesting that that is absolutely your superpower. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and what I will say about Justin, he was the guy that everyone needed, but no one knew about. Mm. And he knew he'd love to speak. He knew he'd love to have products. He knew he'd like to have a book, but it's like, where do I start? I don't even know where to begin. And at age 40, he's in his, yeah, I think he's 41 right now. I believe he'll be a billionaire before he's 50. And this isn't about the money. It's mm. about the impact he can create. But yeah. uh, he's well on his way. He is exceptional. And that's, again, what sometimes you just need one person to believe in you and see your ultimate potential mm. and help you understand what words to say to attract an audience to you. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what I've developed into. And for whatever reason, I've always been pretty good at that, but I didn't have the skills or capabilities to make it happen. I knew that was a spark of possibility. Got it. Yeah. All right. So, so let's go back. So four years yep. ago, you are depressed, you are overwhelmed, you mm-hmm. are in debt, you are bleeding 150 grand a month. That'd be a, a pretty, pretty rough for anybody to take. And uh, you reach out to Dan Sullivan. Uh, repeat the Dan Sullivan question again. Yeah. So if you and I were to meet here three years from today, what will have happened personally and professionally for you to feel satisfied with your progress? Okay. Yeah. All right. And so pick us up, pick the story up there. Yeah. So here's what happened. And he said, here's your assignment. I want you to go out and talk to 20 business owners, entrepreneurs, and do the DOS on them. And 
you can't sell them anything. You can't solve their problem. You just have to listen. Now, anyone who knows me knows <laughs> I love to sell. Like I, and, and, and I like, I, cause I'm really good at going, I know exactly what you need to do and how to solve the problem. And I know, I either know someone who will get you there. Or I know the steps to take. I can introduce you to those people and help you figure out and build a system. It's just, that's the way I'm wired. Yeah. So it was really hard, but here's what did happen. After I listened to two, I already had the answer. Hmm. And after I listened to 15, I really had the answer. And by the time I hit 20, I not only had an idea for what my next act would be, it was a compelling future that motivated me. And I realized I know what I want to do potentially for the rest of my life. And what was it? What it turned into is I would help founders who were in the exact same place I was. Um, So entrepreneurs, business owners, and I had spent years and years, at least 25 years working with people who were had jobs and they wanted to become entrepreneurs or they wanted to find a way to create a business and make money. And a lot of my products were like how to market with video, how to start your own digital marketing agency, how to write a book, how to speak, how to create your own digital products and create a footprint online. But that was always like kind of a one to many. I, I created digital products and I showed other people how to do the same. Yeah. But in this case, I realized that when I got real with a founder and told them what happened to me, they would say, someone would just start crying and go, that's exactly where I am, man. Mm. I've, I've been suicidal for 10 years and I have no one to talk to about it. Or I've made my money, I'm bored and I'm stuck and I'm afraid to change. Hmm. I've got this reason and this reason and this reason why I can't, or I can't imagine myself doing anything else. But they got stuck in an identity crisis. Yeah. And what often happens with many I mean, just anyone, but especially I notice it in business owners is we get into a trap of selling the same thing, feeling that we're worth X. So if you work for someone right now and you make $100,000 per year, that translates into a certain value per hour. Hmm. And we believe that that's what we're worth. That's what the market will bear. If you're selling a product or service, you're like, oh, my clients would never pay more than X or I have to do Y because the competition will do something. Hmm. And that's all an illusion. It's all a story that you're telling yourself about your self-worth. So our self-esteem, our internal operating system is preventing us from believing in something bigger and better. Hmm. So the bottom line to answer your question is, I realized that what I knew how to do and what I had figured out for myself and I was going to prove it for me first and I knew I could do it for others. Sometimes it's easier to do for others than it is to do for you. Sure. That I would help people create a personal brand that would amplify the value of everything else they're doing, which I, you know, if I always use the example of Elon Musk, whether you love him or hate him, he right now is, and well, I believe he'll be the first trillion dollar brand. Hmm. There's very few people who are thinking about and actually putting stuff into space and are thinking about going to Mars <laughs> sure. and have the capabilities of doing it and making money while he does it. He did create the first electric car company, but the most valuable car company in the world mm. by a long shot. Okay. He gives away his patents. Okay. Anyone can use his patents. This guy's a visionary. Yeah. Steve Jobs has been dead for over 10 years and his DNA lives on an Apple and Apple's the most valuable company in the world. Okay. Mm. Now you think about Oprah, but you can go on down the line 
Anyone who has a strong personal brand can touch something mm. and it is immediately worth three to even a hundred times more than anyone else. And if I said to you, do you know who the CEO is of General Motors or of your cable company or your phone company? What would your answer or be? Or Kellogg's or yeah, who knows? Yeah, Right, right. And you'd be like, not only do I not know, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and if that organization had a character, a founder, a leader, a visionary leader who is a compelling storyteller, that brand would be worth a lot more mm. right now. And that goes for anything you do. If you want to create an impact, you have to think like a movement maker. You have to think like a visionary and you have to be willing to ask more of yourself and ask more of everyone else around you. Hmm. And so that is what I decided to do is help founders live inside their superpower, their zone of genius all the time and create a brand and, and package their message in such a way that it would create a movement and inspire themselves and other people. Hmm. And it's because the truth is I needed it for me. Yeah. I felt broken, broken inside and terrified and afraid and lost. And I needed some inspiration in order to survive and when I was honest with other people that that's exactly where I was, they opened up to me and said, I, I don't have anyone else to tell this to. I can't tell my wife. I don't feel comfortable. I, I will lose my business and my employees if someone knows that this is what's happening to me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So let's, so let's break this down for anybody listening, because obviously your superpower of helping businesses and people create their personal brand is for somebody listening that might be completely foreign to what their superpower is. Yep. But I want to try to look at what you did to reinvent yourself, right? Mm -hmm. What were the, what were the steps? What were the principles? What were the ideas? One of the first one was, it feels like was clarity, like admitting mm -hmm. to yourself, something has to change. Yeah. I can't go on like this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then there was a big piece that I see is vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? You had to be willing to ask for help. And I can relate to that. I went through a very similar time in 2020 of I was, you know, suicidal ideation every day. I was, yeah. I wasn't sleeping just like you. I wasn't sleeping real similar after mm -hmm. cancer and chemo. And I don't know yeah. if there's a correlation there, but there is for sure. I'm yeah. absolutely a hundred percent certain that's, yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had been on chemo for three years and stopped, you know, I was literally sleeping two to four hours a night and I got really depressed and, and I was overwhelmed. I had built, started building a team. And then all of a sudden now this, the weight of me having to lead this group when I yeah. couldn't even lead myself and I was having the anxiety attacks every day. I mean, I was a mess. And, and each day I would think, I would ask myself the question, how could I take my own life and not have my kids be right. significantly negatively impacted? Yeah. And I was not creative enough to thank God <laughs> yeah. to figure out an answer. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. every time I'd start to think, Ooh, if I just drove off a bridge on accident, but I recorded a bunch of videos for them, telling them all my life lessons uh -huh. I wanted to share, maybe that would, nah, that's not going to work. You know? No, no. Right. Yeah. Like it just always came to, yeah, you can't engineer yourself out of that. Uh, that's yeah. Sure, yeah. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. I tried. But to your point, being the guy that I'm the author, I'm the speaker, mm -hmm. I'm the coach, I'm the, guru. you know, guru, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm the, I, I'm, I'm supposed to, and it's like, it almost is like an identity crisis because you're like, I'm supposed to have this figured out, mm -hmm. you know, and who am I to now teach other people? That's the other piece is, wait, now my identity of the guy that can help others, I can't even help myself. Yeah. I'm a fraud. Mm -hmm. Who am I kidding? You know? So anyway, I'm getting, I'm going off on my tangent here of mm -hmm. that experience. That's no, all those are real. Yeah. But, but the point of being vulnerable where you finally got to where you asked for help, let's just talk on that mm -hmm. because I think that can be the biggest hurdle for people. 
the fear of being vulnerable, but it's also arguably the single most important first step mm-hmm. or next step, right? Yeah. And that alone, just asking for help, the one conversation can be like, oh my yeah. gosh, mm-hmm. you just shared something with me that I didn't even think about. And that's exactly what I needed. So talk about vulnerability and mm-hmm. just the, the pros and the cons and or, or at least what people perceive as cons. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what happened in my case is, first of all, that is a very, very difficult thing to unravel because it's like, why am I afraid to ask for help? Mm. You have to really be honest about Mm. that first. And I know for me, it was like, well, if someone finds out how lost and dark I am, and I am supposed to be an ex, I'm supposed to be the guru with all the answers. I'm supposed to be this, in my niche anyway, relatively famous, successful guy who's wealthy and I'm maintaining my illusion, Yeah, right? Yeah. I have a character that I have to make other people believe in, or my customers will quit and not follow me because yeah. I'm a loser. Yeah, My employees will get afraid and quit because if I can't maintain the illusion of stability that they will have jobs, oh God, I can relate. all my systems will fall apart. Yep. And then the money disappears, and then that'll tap into my net worth that I've been working my ass off for for 30 years. What I've accumulated in terms of wealth will disappear. I'll have to borrow against it. You start going through all these scenarios of how bad things can get. And then what will happen with my wife? Will she abandon me? My wife and I have been through some really heavy crap together. But still, everyone's got their breaking point. Everyone, no matter what the illusory agreement appears to be. Okay? Yeah. Well, and, and when you're when you're in such a bad emotional space, you don't have a clear perspective. Like everything yeah. is colored negatively. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like you're like, oh, I can't even stand being with myself. How is my wife going to want to stay with me? Yeah. 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 So that's what I call the spiraling. We yeah. all spiral when we go through these depressive things. That combined with no sleep, anxiety attacks, low testosterone, and God knows what other other kind of poisons. And I do believe that after chemo, after radiation, after all these treatments, there's a cumulative toxicity hmm. that lives inside of us that takes years to get rid of unless it's done intentionally. Okay? Yeah. So there's no doubt that that happened. Plus, you know, at 50 years old, I had a lot of unresolved childhood, not good enough, not being enough. I'm not enough trauma going on hmm. that I think just plowed into me. And then like I say, a lack of a compelling future. One of the things that Tony Robbins talks about, he said to me a couple times, one of them is, why do people become suicidal? Why do they commit suicide? It's a lack of a compelling future. Yep. And the second one is, nothing is as good or bad as it ever appears to be at first. Yeah. But again, when you're spiraling, all these things become accelerated and multiplied. So emotional wreckage. So to answer the question, so what did I do? How did I ask for help? I kind of had a couple angels show up in my life mm. at once. One of them that was helpful is I did something called the Hoffman process, which is a beautiful act of forgiveness. So if you've ever heard of the Hoffman process or the Hoffman Institute, it's been around for decades. I can't recommend it enough, especially if you're in transition. It's a way to really forgive yourself and to forgive where you came from. So I think practicing forgiveness hmm. is a key step in this. And that again is, is easier said than done. It's like I, you didn't do anything wrong. You're not bad. Yeah. And you have to respect the fact that 
I believe midlife crisis is mm. a chemical. It's a hormonal shift and a change. Like when you're, here's something else that happened. I went through a f- period of time. I think my animal was terrified that it no longer was going to be making babies. Huh. And there was a certain animal uselessness that kicks in. And you talk to oh, wow. any woman who's gone through menopause and her changes goes through that. When your your body changes and you start gaining weight, all the hormonal stuff, you wake up depressed. I mean, that's part of the deal. Yeah. And that's why we've got hormone replacement therapy. So sometimes chemical is good. The other thing I started doing is working out like a banshee. Mm. But when it came to the angels, okay, so Hoffman was one of them. And then I got a coach who is an energetic, a spiritual coach who isolated me for days at a time. And now remember, my business is falling apart. I'm terrified everything's going to go away. Yeah. And I did really, really hard exercises. One of them included, I wasn't allowed to do anything except meditate for three days. And it happened like less than a week before one of my big events that was make or break. (laughs) And I didn't know what was going on at the time, but the exercise essentially was to prove to me that you will figure this out. Creativity loves time compression and deadlines. Mm. And I literally invented an offer that I made to an audience that I somehow conjured out of thin air to show up at one of my events. But I had to get really creative to fill up this thing so I wouldn't go broke. Hmm. And that became one of the first dominoes to solve my problem. Now, how is that related to, you know, another business owner or someone who doesn't have a business? First of all, you're not going to die. Okay. Nothing really horrible is going to happen. And this is a story your brain is telling about how bad things could possibly be. Yeah. That's not real and it didn't happen next yet. Okay. And we're all much more resourceful than we think we are Mm. and a lot stronger than we think we are. And I don't think that that exercise can come from something internal. You've got to get external help. You've got to find a coach who can see you and help create that compelling future and help you live into it and put you into extremely uncomfortable spots that you can't weasel your way out of. You can't negotiate your way out of. You have to do your way through them. And that you're not going to put yourself in on your own. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in terms of reinventing yourself, so you got clarity, the business shifted in that direction. If somebody's listening to this and their challenge is mental and emotional, Mm -hmm. right, which at the end of the day, it always falls back to that anyway, right? Yeah, like totally. even if you have financial challenges, it's really a mental and emotional challenge mm-hmm. that you're dealing with because of this external stimuli that is the finances. Yeah. You mentioned that you meditated for three days. What's an internal shift for somebody to make that's really struggling right now that, that feels either they, they don't know what their life's about, mm-hmm. they, they're struggling with their finances, they're struggling with their marriage, they're struggling. What are some foundational beliefs paradigm shifts, mindsets. Mm-hmm. You know, I know in your new book, right, that's that's number one. That's the, the first uh, growth mm-hmm. accelerator that you teach in the new book is develop the right mindset of non-negotiable values to reimagine your business. So whether it's applying to their business, mm-hmm. what is the internal mental emotional shift that somebody can make that can really help you go, hey, look, it's not as bad as you think. You are more capable. You are more resourceful. Uh, yeah, let's speak on that. Yeah. And know that when we can replace the word business with cause or impact, because at the end of the day, again, this is very Tony Robbins-esque, when you live in service, selfless service mm. for others, 
That's what gives us purpose. We are creatures of service. I believe that that's one of the gifts of parenthood. When yeah. you have a child, you know, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Yeah. And I happen to find the concept of gratitude by itself mm. very shallow. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you why. It's because it's an easy word to say, and it's an easy thing to tell people to have, but it's really, really hard when you are lost and frustrated and sad and upset and depressed mm. and anxious and it's like, grateful for what? Great words. F.U. follows that. It's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I think gratitude is cultivated, and it doesn't come just from within. It's gratitude for the we. Hmm. And that could be you and your creator. It could be you and your spouse, you and your children, or you and your cause. Hmm. So hmm. having said that, to me, I do think Starting with your values, your non-negotiables are really important. These are the things I'm willing to live with and absolutely not. And there's a, a little phrase I use often, and it's about when you create your community, the people you surround yourself with. And if there's a turd in the punch bowl, everyone gets sick. I don't know if you've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the whole idea is who you let into your world, including your values, are what are sickening you. Hmm. And what makes us sick is when we compromise, when we allow ourselves to be overpowered by either a sick environment or sick people or sick decisions. And the mindset needs to come from, like, for example, I've got a bunch of core mindsets. I'll give you one, for example, that I know has been the cause of almost all the pain and agony I had in my life, which is I now say, if this person, place, or thing that I am deciding to do something with or for would ever create more than 5% aggravation? The answer is no. Hmm. Now, how do I determine that? What I do is I do uh, what Gay Hendricks talks about. You take a big, deep breath in, you go, and you just test that out on your body. Ah, ah. Will this person, place, or thing ever create more than 5% aggravation in my life? Yep. <laughs> it's a hell no, just like that. Yeah. I know it, and it's a hard no, no matter it's what. protecting your... Mental and emotional well-being, yeah. Yeah, your field. Yeah. And then I also do the same thing with antagonism. Will this person, place, or thing ever create antagonism? I don't like feeling antagonized mm. at all. Mm. It's bullying, right? Yeah. And bullying is the cause of a lot of trauma. So the short answer is sometimes to get out of a deeply emotional, challenging place, you've got to use logic first mm -hmm. and then feel into it. It yeah, creates lead, a framework. Lead with logic, yeah. Yep. So that's basically, I start with the mindsets, the non-negotiable values, and what I must live with and what I must mo not. Here's another one for me. It's my physical environment. I live in San Diego on purpose. I grew up in Minnesota. I hate being cold. <laughs> I hate it. This is a non-negotiable. I don't want to fix it. There's nothing wrong. And now that I had chemo, I get chills mm. easily like it hurts my bones yeah so if being in any kind of physical pain hard no i'm not gonna do it yeah okay so that's another one of those so i don't know if that answered your question yeah. but it's it's important i want to also talk about you mentioning adding value for other people yes right i think that that's arguably one of the most important underrated under focused on mm -hmm. aspects of a fulfilling life yeah and and especially when you're going through mm -hmm. a really difficult mental and emotional mm -hmm. time in your life, yes, I've found that one of my mentors used to say, get off self and get on purpose. Yes. Right? You are 
almost narcissistic for mm-hmm. uh, an interesting use of the word, right? In terms of like, dude, you're focusing all over yourself. You're freaking out. Get off yourself. Stop yep. worrying at yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you focus your energy on, hey, how can I go make my wife's life better? How can I go make my kids' lives better? Mm-hmm. How can I serve clients? Yeah. How can I, I'm going to go for a walk outside and I'm going to smile and say hello to every person that I come in contact with yeah. and just light, light up their life. All of a sudden, your problems, at least your perceived problems, mm-hmm. fade totally into the distance, mm-hmm. fade into the background, right? Yeah. And they're replaced by feelings of love and joy and connection. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so to me, that's one of the yeah. most important things. If you're struggling internally, mm-hmm. get off yourself and get on a purpose of adding value to the lives of the people. Right. Just speak on that. Yeah. So step one was mindset, non-negotiable value. Step two is the market you wish to serve. So this is simply put, the first person you have to help is you. Mm. You're no good if you're broken, broken. Yeah. And the way to heal oneself is to be in service mm. and to create impact. So if you want to create massive impact, be in service, create a movement. But that begins with a movement of one, help one person. Mm. And then help another, and then develop a framework. Start looking at, examine your thinking and how you solve the problem, how you created solutions and fixes. And the framework is a fill-in-the-blanks toolkit that you're allowed to modify, change, break at any time. So I often say, uh, I ask this question, do you know what rules are? Mm. I said, do you know what rules are, Hell, Yes. What's the answer? Guidelines of, of how to behave? What to do and what not to do? Yeah. Rules are for other people. Okay. I don't believe in rules. <laughs> I break them all the time. I don't, I don't believe in them. Sure. Okay? Now, um, I say that not because I'm better than. It's just like what keeps us stuck. Now, having a civilized society does require rules and laws. Sure. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our constructs. So the point of this is, is you create a framework that you are allow yourself to evolve and break at any time. So like the savers, would you say, would that fit a framework? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So my framework for creating a next act is mindset. Those are the values, the market. Who do you want to serve? Who do you love? Who would you love to spend all your time with? Hmm. What are they like? How do they think? What do they believe? And then the model, which is what's your promise? What's your brand promise? As a character, as a brand, you wish to deliver value. What is the highest promise that you could fulfill and deliver to someone? So this becomes this character that you live in, that you develop, this hero, I believe you can change who you are by creating a character that you can live into, right? Hmm. It's like a vision board for yourself. You know, you're not born anyway. You're not a static thing. You are a dynamic, pliable being that is capable of anything. And if you don't believe that, then create a character you can believe in and act like. An avatar. Uh, that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it is an avatar. And then the next is the message. So in other words, what's the story one must tell in order to get there? So as an example, the way I train my brain, I don't watch movies. I pay attention to the stories and the characters. Mm. And I say, how can I use this character, this story to elevate someone else? I don't watch it for entertainment anymore. I consume content to apply an inspirational, aspirational character we can create together Mm. that someone can live into. So who do you admire, right? And then the media, which that's the fifth step, is how do you want to reach people? Hal Elrod reaches his audience with a message of a miracle morning, and there's a lot to unravel and unwind there. 
through podcasts, through his book, through his blog, through social media, through guesting, through speaking, right? And then finally, the multipliers. What ways can make the biggest difference, the most impact with the least amount of effort? So if I said, Hal Elrod, how have you found right now the most effective way to reach the most people? What's the strategy or tactic you use to do that? Uh, Podcast interviews. Great. Yeah. Great. And if you see an increase in book sales, sales of your products, people reaching out saying, oh my God, hell, Elrod, you changed my life. You had a massive impact. I just do a lot more of the thing that works best, right? Sure. That's the multiplier mindset. And we, as human beings, we get bored easily. We get distracted easily. We think that, oh, we get to one side and we're like, oh, the grass on the other side of the fence looks greener. Yeah. Let me try something else. Let me get distracted with a shiny object or a new guru who I like what they sound like today. Yeah. Instead of paying attention to multiplying the multipliers. So that framework I found I can literally solve any identity challenge by applying this. It hasn't broken once. And I've also used it to create multi-million dollar businesses that way. So with Justin, we created a lifestyle investor character. Hmm. And Justin lived into that because we also created the rules. In this case, we called it the Ten Commandments of Lifestyle Investing. They already existed. They had never been articulated or structured before. And now he teaches his methodology within that framework. Yeah. And, you know, and and that's a great example of him using your framework where before the Lifestyle Investor, before that was his brand and what he was known as, he was a division manager for Cutco Cutlery. Yeah. Right? That That's how I knew him. But he knew he could be more. He wanted to be more, totally. you know, in terms of he just saw a bigger opportunity to impact and reach more people. And so, yeah, it's a beautiful way of, you know, that's a professional example of reinventing himself mm-hmm. from a division manager working for a company to having his own company, yeah. right, with a completely different objective yeah. to, to help other people create financial freedom for themselves and their families. And yeah, so I think whether you want to reinvent yourself personally or professionally, all of these principles apply and you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to adopt uh, an identity of what you're capable of being, right? Yeah. Your, your potential, not your past. And then ultimately, you've got to serve other people. Yep. And, and the more people you serve, the more impact you make, the more fulfilled you are, and the more everybody wins, yeah. right? And the more momentum you create and you hone your system, which is, this is, I think, the other one is during that really difficult tipping point when you're, you've lost all courage, all confidence, you're uncommitted and you have no clarity, you can't imagine a bigger, brighter life for yourself. And it's like, how am I going to get this flywheel spinning up? How am I going to create any Mm. momentum when I can't even fix myself? Yeah. And the answer is, you have to put yourself into a position where you put so much skin in the game that the loss of that will really, really hurt. Mm. So if you want a miracle, you've got to invest in a miracle and show up expecting a miracle. Mm. So... I have a rule that I live by now, which is like working with me is really expensive. Yeah. And if someone doesn't show up a hundred percent all in, there's no refunds and there's no guarantee. Okay. (laughs) Now I, I'm not going to work with someone who I know I can't help. Sure. Sure. But the point is if they show up and and they're not a hundred percent all in, they're going to lose, okay? Here's what I know. I'm the best in the world at what I do, and I can confidently say that now. I don't just believe it. I know it, and everyone I've worked with recently has succeeded, okay? So it took me a long time to have the confidence to say that, Mm -hmm. 
And secondly, I have a system that flat out works that I'm always making better. I have a great team. And just to get to the place where you know that to be true, which in that belief in yourself permeates and engenders trust, I call it a transfer of certainty. That is a contagious, beautiful, high quality, positive virus. Yeah. Transfer of certainty. But the point being, when you engage with a coach, you've got to invest so much it will hurt if mm. you don't show up and you're not all in. Yeah. And that was, for me, the investment that I had to make to fix and repair myself was massive. It was a multiple six-figure investment. Mm. And it was a lot more cash than I had access at the time, yeah. too. Yeah. Right? I mean, you were in a bad financial position when you invested Sucked. in that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's what I tell anyone is when you start doing something for someone else, you have to be willing. This is a gay Hendrixism that is changed my life. He said the number one reason most people never reinvent themselves and never grow and continue to fail is they are not willing to receive. Hmm. So, a manifestation, a little exercise I do with everyone I work with now, I do it for myself. I have this place across the street from the ocean. So I get to look at the ocean, which represents a metaphor for God's abundance and love. Mm. And God, I believe, wants you to have anything you desire. Mm. And everything that you could possibly ever want or desire or manifest or create already exists. Mm. It belongs to you and you belong to it. And the only thing preventing you from experiencing that is your willingness to receive it. So mm. what I visualize is imagine your heart has a door and you have to be willing to open the door and allow God to pour the entire ocean inside of you. Hmm. So are you willing to receive all the abundance and all the love and all the possibility and potential that God wants you to have that already belongs to you, that is yours? And there is... No scarcity. You're not taking anything away from anyone else. By allowing that to be inside you, you become a multiplying vessel, only creating more. That's what I believe. Beautiful. I really don't want to add anything to that because mm. that was such a beautiful, eloquent way to, uh, to wrap this episode up. Mm. I'll just say that for everybody listening, wherever you are in your life right now, it's exactly where you need to be to learn what you need to learn to become the person that you need to be to create everything you want for your life. Mm. And just know that just you're not starting at zero. You have all the experience and knowledge and wisdom you've gained in your life up until this point. And so you are further along than you have ever been, even if it feels like you're further back than you've ever been. So start where you are, look at what's possible for you and live in alignment with that potentiality and Go re-listen to this episode and, and uh, write down what Mike said and add your affirmations. Goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, I love you, Mike. I love you, brother. So great love to talk too. to you today, buddy. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm looking forward to spending some more time with you, my friend. You too, man. Until next time. All right. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.